ground. It was all packed up and ready, his old clothes washed and folded in the played plastic bags from the pound shop. Huge enough to hold a body, she'd mused as she flapped them open. Her old clothes in their dry cleaning polythene on their wire hangers, unworn for ten years, sometimes ever. The bits and bobs, the trinkets, neatly wrapped in out-of-date copies of the Sunday Times he'd always insisted on keeping. The old and mismatched china, cuddling up to the broken lamps. The faded curtains stacked in layers in light cardboard boxes. The souvenirs from all their holidays were here, somewhere too. An ashtray inscribed, Greetings from Tenerife from before they'd given up, after his first heart attack. A horrible vase he'd bought for his mother from Portugal the Christmas before she died. They'd got it back the next year, but disguised in different paper from his sister, who inherited the house and the contents. Olive had always been frugal. Even the matching cushions from the German Christmas market in Cologne she'd never liked them. All their machine-stitched faux traditional scenes of flax and matchins in dirndl skirts. They were definitely going. Outside in the car was the charity shop stuff. She'd only just managed to cram it all into the boot, even, even after puffing and cursing she'd finally got the back seats down. That car... A space wagon, Louisa had called it, as though it was something from an Apollo mission, had been too big for them for years, ever since the children grew up and moved away and got cars of their own. She was glad its unnecessary, unwieldy size was coming in handy at last. All his camping equipment was in the footwells. The one-and-a-half-man tent. Two-man was definitely pushing it. The stove, the trangier, the backpack, and the two sleeping bags rolled tight and snug as dormice. His books took up, took up nearly all the rest of the space. Hardbacks on model aircraft and military history, novels by Frederick Forsyth and Clive Barker and James Clavell, vinyl-bound condensed volumes of bestsellers of the 1970s and 80s from the Reader's Digest library. She had cancelled the subscription and a whole host of others. BBC, History Magazine, New Scientist, Modeler Monthly, only this morning. She hadn't had the heart or the energy to do it before. When the magazines kept flopping through the letterbox and onto the doormat, it made it seem almost as if he wasn't gone. For a little while, she checked her handbag. Keys, checkbook, purse, diary, address book. Mobile phone, with charger. She didn't want to let that out of her sight, having found two spares for his old, never-used phone while she was sorting through. Her new laptop, with charger, was on the front seat of the car. Louisa had shown her how to work it, and the printout of her careful step-by-step -step instructions were folded precisely and tucked into a special pocket in its carrying case.
her overnight bag with a few changes of clothes, her pills, spare glasses and toothbrush, sat on top of the computer, disguising it in case any opportunistic thieves were hanging around Sainsbury's car park while she carried the bags over to the Red Cross shop. Louisa, looking at all the good quality clothes and shoes and things, stuff that he didn't need anymore, but could not, or yet, be thrown away, had suggested an auctioneer's website called eBay. Oh, they love vintage on there, she'd said. Yeah, you could make a nice wad of cash if you'd only put them on eBay. I can show you how. It's easy here. But she didn't want to know. Had refused her daughter's help. Storage, she'd insisted, for her good things and his. She knew she'd regret selling them. Besides, he'd left her more than enough to get by on. And all those clothes would probably come back into fashion just as the grandchildren hit their teens. Well, think of the money they'd save. Oh, she liked the idea of Henry, too, stepping out one day in his grandfather's old trilby and blue silk cravat. Two rooms she'd rented, his and hers. Big as a small bedroom each, she'd seen them been on the tour down science fiction metal corridors led by a young man with gelled hair who talked very fast. Two little rooms for a lifetime of accumulated stuff. She hoped it would all fit. The children had taken the decent, furni decent furniture and the better carpets, cherry picking for their own new flats. There was nothing left that she wanted or needed. That was all in clearly labelled sturdy boxes to be picked up in a few hours by the men from the big yellow storage company. Whenever she wanted to go and find something, well, a nice dress or, or a, well, whenever she wanted it, anyway, well, just in case. Standing by the door, she glanced down at the telephone table too ratty and wobbly to keep. Sitting next to the phone pad and an ornamental lighter from an Eastern European country that didn't exist anymore, from Czechoslovakia, Serbo-Croatia, was a pristine copy of last year's yellow pages. Well, she certainly wouldn't want that again. On impulse, she put down her handbag at her feet, picked up the floppy directory in one hand and the lighter in the other. She sparked it, once, twice. No gas, not after all these years. But the third time it caught, burning with a cheery yellow flame like a candle. She thinks of all the candles and Christmas decorations tidily boxed in the drawing room. She hadn't even bothered to put them up or erect the artificial tree last month. Well, what was the point? if it was just for her. She moves the lighter flame beneath the Bible-thin pages. They catch at once, curling and blackening, the flame deep red and orange, the smoke choking. 
She holds it up as long as she can. It's hot and heavy, and her wrist aches. And then throws it with all her strength back into the living room, where it lands on a pile of boxes, old receipts, bills and papers from his study, and starts to burn away merrily, tall, strong flames licking at the white cardboard. She thinks of the camping trips they used to go on, whales in the springtime, the lake district under the stars. He'd step out of the one-and-a-half-man tent in the morning, breathe deep, and say something about the bare necessities. Food, shelter, the clothes you stood up in, a little money, something to look forward to, and yourself. She smiles, picks up her handbag, and gently closes the door.